This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Martin Scorsese's The Irishman, his biopic of mafia hitman Frank Sheeran, is based on a book written by Charles Brandt. Brandt collated information from interviews he conducted and recorded with Sheeran himself, and from that came the book I Heard You Paint Houses. However, many have disputed the factual accuracy of the book, people that worked for the FBI, those that claimed they knew characters depicted in the book and the movie, and even former mobster Michael Francesi has denounced the film's historical accuracy, even though he says he likes the movie. Interestingly, the only major character from the movie who is still alive is Charles Chucky O'Brien, played by Jesse Plemons in the movie. The 86-year-old O'Brien has seen the film, and his stepson wrote an opinion piece in the New York Times, where he reveals his stepfather's thoughts. O'Brien's stepson, Jack Goldman, is a law professor at Harvard and the author of in Hoffa's Shadow, A Stepfather, A Disappearance in Detroit, and My Search for the Truth. You can check out the article on the New York Times website, but I'll read it out here. It's called How the Irishman Maligns My Stepfather. For half his life, he has watched himself portrayed as someone he's not. Depersonalization is a dissociative disorder characterized by a sense of observing oneself from outside one's body. Those with the condition often report an experience akin to watching yourself in a movie. My 86-year-old stepfather, Chucky O'Brien, does not suffer from depersonalization, but for more than half his life, 44 years, he has watched himself portrayed in news articles, books, and motion pictures, most recently in Martin Scorsese's The Irishman, as someone he is not. The effects on his life have been devastating. Chucky was the most intimate associate of Jimmy Hoffa, the Teamsters union leader who famously disappeared from a suburban Detroit parking lot on July 30th, 1975. Within two weeks, the Federal Bureau of Investigation announced its belief, based on circumstantial evidence, that Chucky had abducted Mr. Hoffa from the parking lot through force and violence. Ever since, Chucky's involvement in the crime has been widely repeated and broadly accepted. The charge ruined his life. The government pursued him aggressively and often leaked falsehoods to the press to pressure him into cooperating. He was ostracized in the Teamsters Union and lost many friends. And worst of all, at least to Chucky, the allegations deeply stained his honor. This is all tragic because the conventional wisdom about Chucky is false. For decades, the FBI has not suspected him of involvement in the disappearance. The circumstantial case against Chucky fell apart long ago, and his known whereabouts on the fateful day make it practically impossible that he picked up Mr. Hoffer. Unfortunately, the government never made this information public, and so Chucky's innocence in one of the most notorious crimes of the 20th century remains mostly hidden, his guilt remains publicly presumed, his honour remains soiled. It has been a bizarre experience, and a grim one, 
for Chucky to read so many made-up things about himself over so many decades and not be able to do anything about it. Everybody that's written these books, they all surmise what happened, he once explained to me. They have no facts on them, they have no truth on them. The book gets printed and it goes out and they sell them, and that's it. And now to top it off comes The Irishman, the latest and by far the greatest depiction of the false charge against my stepfather. Chucky and I recently spoke about the film in Boca Raton, FLA, where he lives with my mother. He is not well physically, but his mind and his spirit are still sharp, and he has opinions about the movie. Chucky had long dreaded the release of the film. It is based on a book, I Heard You Paint Houses, that depicts the Teamsters official Frank Sheeran as Mr. Hoffa's murderer and weaves Mr. Sheeran's tale into the publicly known elements of the early FBI theory of the case, including Chucky's alleged role in picking up Mr. Hoffa. Chucky worried that Scorsese's film would give his supposed involvement in the Hoffa disappearance a reality in popular culture that the prior books, headlines and movies did not. It turned out to be worse than he feared. In The Irishman, Chucky is played by Jesse Plemons. On the surface, the film tracks reality. There really were violent Teamsters union officials named Frank Sheeran and Anthony Provenzano, and an eastern Pennsylvania crime boss named Russell Buffalino. Mr. Hoffer really did act self-destructively towards the mob in the mid-1970s, as he tried but failed to regain control of his union, and the mob really did organise to knock him off. But beyond these surface truths, and despite the true crime feel, the movie is high fiction. One of the greatest fake movies I ever saw, Chucky told me. For starters, while no one knows for sure how or by whom Mr. Hoffa was killed, we do know that it was not done in the way it is portrayed in the movie. Chucky did not pick up Mr. Hoffa on July 30th, 1975. As I have written elsewhere, Frank Sheeran was almost certainly not in Detroit that day and his implausible tale is belied by many other known facts. And yet, as Chucky experienced, the fiction has become reality for the millions who have watched the film. Almost all of the dozens of people I have spoken to about the movie assume it is true, including that Chucky drove a car with Mr. Sheeran in it to pick up Mr. Hoffer, and then delivered him to a house where Mr. Sheeran shot Mr. Hoffer. Even more humiliating for Chucky, and unexpectedly so, was the movie's portrayal of Mr. Sheeran's closeness to Mr. Hoffer, as his right-hand man during trials, as his troubleshooter in the office, and as his intimate companion in union halls and in the evenings on the road. Mr. Sheeran, whom Chucky knew, did none of those things. He ran a Delaware Teamsters local and Mr. Hoffer had business dealings with him over the years, but the two men were not nearly as tight as the movie portrays. The Irishman was never that close to Hoffer, Chucky told me. He was a drunk, he couldn't run a union, he got thrown out finally, and the only thing he would do was set a building on fire now and then. What Mr. Scorsese did, in effect, was to place Mr. Sheeran in Chucky's role in Mr. Hoffer's life. It was Chucky, not Mr. Sheeran, who for decades served as Mr. Hoffer's intimate companion, driver, bodyguard, and special troubleshooter, as the labour journalist Victor Reisel noted in the 1960s. Chucky's expected to be tagged with the disappearance in the movie, he told me. He did not expect Mr. Scorsese to appropriate his close relationship with Hoffer. The precious blood, sweat, tears and joy of a three-decade father-son relationship, the apex of Chucky's life, 
and give it to Mr. Sheeran for all the world to see and believe. In the course of writing a book about my stepfather and Jimmy Hoffa, I discovered years of illegal FBI surveillance recordings through undisclosed microphone bugs that listened in on Chucky's relationship with his mother, Sylvia, Hoffa's wife, Josephine, several mob figures and indirectly Mr. Hoffa. Many of the recorded conversations were sordid or embarrassing. When the government leaked some of the transcripts in 1976, in an effort to pressure Chucky and others, it not only violated his privacy, it also deprived him of the power to define and shape these relationships for himself and the world. Mr. Scorsese has done something similar, not by listening in illegally and publishing humiliating truths, as the FBI did, but by absurding Chucky's relationship with Mr. Hoffa, giving it to someone else, and then broadcasting the untruth. The effect on Chucky in both instances is the same. I had no control, he told me during our recent conversation. His control over his life, and the presentation of his life to the world, was snatched from him in ways he can never reverse. Though Irishman is not the only film to depict Chucky's life. The character Tom Hagen was a rough model on a guy called O'Brien in Detroit who was like a son to Jimmy Hoffa, according to Maria Puzo, who wrote the book on which that film was based. In Absence of Malice, Paul Newman's character, Michael Gallinger, who was based in part on Chucky, was falsely accused by the feds of involvement in the disappearance of a union official, and in the 1992 film Hoffa, Danny DeVito played Mr. Hoffa's sidekick, Bobby Ciaro, a composite character based largely on Chucky. These movies depart in significant ways from Chucky's life, but none was as painful for him to watch as The Irishman. Chucky has grown resigned to the lies about his life over the years. Mr. Hoffa always taught me, you can't change what they print, he told me. Put it on the side and keep going forward. This is easier said than done, he also acknowledged. It hurts a lot because you're in the ring and getting the snot kicked out of you and you cannot fight back. But Chucky's portrayal in The Irishman as a dim jackass driving Mr. Hoffa to his death made him livid. To see this happen, it just makes me so mad, he told me. I'd like to get hold of that Scorsese and choke him like a chicken. And then after I get through with him, I'd grab that other pipsqueak, the guy who played the Irishman. Chucky is too frail for this to be a threat, and indeed he clearly did not mean it as a threat. It is an end-of-life cry de coeur by a man whose being has been enveloped and destroyed by demeaning public untruths that he lacked power to rectify. Here's the way I look at movies, Chucky said, near the end of our conversation, after he had calmed down. Hollywood could turn a monkey into a peanut. That's their business. They don't care about the truth. It's entertainment. The guy who bought the ticket isn't going to write a letter complaining about the truth if he is fascinated by the movie. Mr. Scorsese basically agrees. I don't really care about that, he recently said when asked about the truth of his portrayal of Mr. Hoffa's death. The point is, it's not about the facts. For him, the film is about the world his characters inhibit, and the way they behave. Mr. Scorsese and Chucky are right. Films grounded in history often take license with the facts to serve the larger narrative drama. It is a convention of the genre. But in the case of The Irishman, the convention serves as the capstone to my stepfather's 44-year humiliation. So what did you think? 
Aubrian is clearly disturbed by the film and the public opinion that will be formed as a result of not only the movie, but the book and other works over the years. One of his claims, interestingly, is that Shirwin essentially put himself in the role of Aubrian, that it was Aubrian who really was that close to Hoffa, and Shirwin hardly knew the man. But in I Heard You Paint Houses, Shirwin says he was really that close to the team's president, and he talks about how Aubrian became distant to Hoffa. Who knows who is telling the truth in a world of biases, bruised egos and vested interests? Who do you think is telling the truth? Let me know in the comments below and thanks for watching.